Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, let's go to Jess Grimwood. We're about to go live to California. We are, Steve. Yeah, how cool. Yeah, we've got a special guest coming in. I'm pretty sure she's on the line. It is the incredible Olympic surfing commentator, the World Surf League commentator, and also a big part of the ISA games as well. So Shannon Hughes, a good afternoon to you over there in California, standing over from the crew. Yeah. Hey. yeah. Hello. Hey, Jess. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, thanks for being here. I know it's around, it's almost 5 p.m. over there in California. Tell us a little bit about where you're tuning in from. You were saying just before in the little text that there's maybe a little bit of fighter jet action in the background as well Ooh. going on in the Americas. Yeah, so welcome to America. Um, I think that the air show has just finished, but I'm in my hometown in Huntington Beach, California. Um, I don't live here anymore, but I'm at my parents' house for a little while. And... <laughs> Every October, like it's the first uh, weekend of October here, we've got uh, the Pacific Air Show in town, which I haven't been around for in years. I haven't been in California this time of the year. And there's literally just been fighter jets like flying over the house all day. <laughs> it's so hey. loud. <laughs> hey, uh, Shannon, it's uh, Steve here. And uh, I was lucky enough to go to Huntington Beach a couple of years ago. My son uh, went to the University of Southern California. And we went out to Huntington Beach, and we just love that area. And, you know, it's so famous because of the pier, but also for the U.S. Open of surfing. Yeah, it's a really iconic area. I think um, a lot of travelers from, interna like, international travelers, whether they're actually surfers or they're just visiting California, end up coming to Huntington because we have the pier, and there's, you know, the famous Ruby's restaurant at the end of it, and um, the U.S. Open's a major hit for people to visit. I'm glad that you were able to be around for it. Now, Shannon, you've been on the front line for the whole of the year and the biggest surfing events, you know, so far in the season and last season. I mean, you're on the ground at Tokyo. You got to watch the gold medals be handed out. You're on the ground for the world title at Trestles. You saw the world champions being awarded. And you've been um, right in the booth there with the top guns for the US Open, like you said. Tell us a little bit about your experience this year and what you've seen for surfing over the season. Yeah, it's been a pretty incredible year. Um, not where I expected to end up, you know, at the start of 2021, um, but feel very privileged and fortunate to have been able to be there at the Olympics. Um, it was a pretty amazing year. Like, thinking of those three events, actually, Jess, that you mentioned, between the Olympics, the WSL finals at Trestles, and then the U.S. Open, there are three firsts for surfing this year. So for the Olympics, obviously, it was the very first time surfing ever made it there. And so to see surfing elevated to that, that level of competition and sport and the history and the majesty, I think, that surrounds the Olympics. It was a really incredible thing to be able to witness um, our friends there competing and walking home with Olympic medals. And then for the WSL finals, it was the first time that they had that format for crowning a world champion in a one-day event. So that was a really special and unique change to the WSL side of things. And then the U.S. Open was like the first major challenger series event for the year where like we're going to see the next year's qualifiers competing and trying to gain that 
ground um, amongst the surfers that haven't yet made it to the championship tour. So it was, I've, I'm feeling very, um, very, it's, it's been a very special run of events for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's been, like you said, it's been a first for so many things in surfing. It's been a huge year and especially for the Americans too. I mean, you guys are leading the stands in the women's rankings, like hugely. You've taken the world title, you've taken the gold, you're in the top four spots in the Challenger Series for next season. Uh, what's the vibe like on the ground in America? I know you have a lot more freedoms than we have over here. Is everyone really, really getting behind your American kind of onslaught coming onto the tours? Yeah, I think there's been a really good push behind that group, especially on the women's side. I mean, the men have been so strong for a long time, but I think seeing Carissa Moore like dominate with an Olympic gold medal and then to win her fifth world title. And then we just saw Katie Simmers win US Open. She's only 15 years old. Um, she just grew up about 45 minutes south where I'm at right now. And there's a really cool push that's happening um, among that, that crew, some of that younger generation coming out of California specifically. And because the U.S. has been a lot more slack on lockdown and just kind of regulations overall, it's allowed that opportunity for, you know, a lot of the surfers to be in the water all the time. And we've got a lot of international competitors that have based themselves and are able to spend a lot more time here over this last few months. And so the training grounds are just really hot. There's really good coaches around. Um, I think the access to having that sort of opportunity and to having, you know, the best equipment and the best coaches just right in front of them at the moment is really has that advantage for those surfers that are visiting the U.S. and traveling here to compete, but also mostly for the surfers that are homebred here, um, especially coming out of California. It's I, I feel like we're going to see a major shift in who we see qualifying for next year's championship tour, and we could definitely see some California girls on that side, men as well. Shannon, I want to touch on, I want to go back to the Olympics. And, you know, obviously surfing is such, you know, in the main, a uh, an individual sport. However, there was a team event at the Olympics and it was great to see, especially, you know, from our side, the Australians and the interaction they had. And I dare say that was the same amongst all the, uh, the teams or the nations that were representing their countries. What a massive impact that had. I guess, and, and, and I dare say there's probably going to be a flowing effect into the World Tour now and, and whatever else, where these guys are, are, are going to be working together closer, going to be supporting each other. I think it's going to be a real positive for the, the surfing fraternity. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's actually really good insight because with the Olympic conversation, we suddenly saw Sally Fitzgibbons and Steph Gilmore and Julian Wilson and Owen Wright all have the backing of like the Australian national side of surfing. And they had great, you know, they had access to such an incredible team to travel behind them. And I know Sally Fitzgibbon spoke specifically about having to build in the trust with her teammates. You know, she competes against Steph for her career. And suddenly the two of them had to come together as teammates for Australia, which was a very different uh, approach to competitive surfing than what she had really ever experienced, being that it's such an individual sport. And I think um, it was a pretty cool opportunity for a lot of those surfers that had more than just themselves qualify. Like any of the surfers that had, had multiples qualifying from their nations, they had that team aspect behind them. Um, and we're already seeing that sort of shift coming into preparation and training behind the scenes. That's what I've noticed being on the ground. Um, not so much at the WSL finals because that was still very individual and in that mm -hmm. each surfer was competing for a world title. But at the Challenger Series event at the U.S. Open that we just saw, 
there's a lot of surfers, like the Japanese contingency, they're all traveling in a tight pack and they've got the same coaches. We're seeing that out of some of the Latin American crew. We've got a couple of the girls that are from different nations there, but they kind of had some of that Olympic um, opportunity to travel together as well. And they're on the road now for the Challenger Series. And I think we're going to start seeing a shift in that team dynamic that's going to bring a a healthy change to competitive surfing. And I think it's going to actually help to push the level of surfing that we're seeing out of them as they're traveling together, taking care of each other, but they're also pushing, pushing each other Mm -hmm. to perform the best in the water. Jess, I know you've got the last question. I I thought about this interview last night Mm -hmm. and I thought, you know, my memory, I go back to Mark Richards winning the world title, but I also remember, I remember being on the hill at Burley when Rabbit Bartholomew was chasing a world title against Buzzy Kerbox, Mm. but there was this this charge of Australians coming through. So I clearly remember Tommy Carroll, Barton Lynch, Damian Hardman, who were flying the flag for the Aussies. I'd like to get your thoughts and also, Shannon, on the Brazilian charge because Mm. it's been similar to that Aussie charge in the late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, Shannon, I, um, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, actually, but I feel like we're at the end. We're kind of seeing the end results of the Brazilian storm, as they call it, for the men. I feel like we haven't seen the Brazilian storm for the women, but maybe we're getting, like you were just speaking about, that Latin American charge. Um, and those girls, you know, Mimi from Ecuador and maybe Annalie and Daniela Ross is from Peru are part of that group. But, yeah, I, I feel like we've seen the end of it for the Brazilians and this is their pinnacle, and I think we're going to see maybe the different nations step up. I don't know what your thoughts are on it, Shan. Yeah, that's an interesting take, Jess. Um, I feel like, you know, speaking to it, specifically the Brazilian storms been present on the men's side, um, seeing uh, Gabriel, Italo, and Felipe as the top three contenders walking into the world title this year was crazy. And it just spoke to, like, the strength of their surfing still. Like, they're still completely on top. And I don't know the actual numbers, but I feel like the men's championship tour from this last year had like 10 Brazilians on tour, which is like a third of the numbers just in Brazilians. Um, So it's still like a really strong force on the men's side. It's totally different on the women's side. It's been really slack there, but it's, I feel like maybe they're starting to get some better coaching and some momentum nationally. Um, But yeah, I feel like, we could still see that strength, but again, maybe where we're going to see some of that change, in my opinion, Jess, is coming more from the way that surfers are going to qualify for the championship tour coming out of this challenger series. And those regional spots are now being allocated out to, we're going to see different surfers in that, uh, in those positions to be able to qualify. And it's going to, it's going to like mute the numbers of the Brazilians, I think that can get that qualification. It's also yeah. going to show the strengths of so many other nations coming up, but Brazil's just been incredible to witness over the last few years. Yeah, it's so good to hear from, like you said, on the ground. You've seen it all up front all year. I mean, you travel with your husband and your other half, and he's filming. I mean, big hello to Aaron. He's originally a Kiwi, isn't he, Shannon? <laughs> you guys were living over here? <laughs> yeah, so he's like American uh, by blood, but born in WA in Margaret River and then grew up in New Zealand. And we just moved away from uh, Australia. Jess, you know, we were there on the south coast of Sydney just uh, for the last couple of years. Beautiful. Well, we'd love to have you for maybe another little surfing update later on, boys. I don't know how you guys yeah, feel about 100%. it, but it's been incredible to hear from you, Shannon. Standing ovation yes, for you. Yes. And thank you for joining us um, all the way from California. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, I tell you, we could speak yeah, to you guys her. Are the best. Keep up the good work.